Mac Folklore Radio, read by Derek. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome President and Chief Executive Officer, Apple Computer, Michael Spindler. Good morning to everyone here today in this room and to the thousands, tens of thousands connected via video link around the world and welcome to the future. The list of Apple CEOs begins with Michael Scott in 1976. After Black Wednesday, see previous episode, Mike Markula took over in 1981. John Scully replaced Markula in 1983, and after Scully either resigned or was pushed, Michael Spindler took the helm in 1993, and he is the focus of this episode. To quote Jean-Louis Gasset's Monday note, these were not the best of times. You may have heard some things about Spindler's temperament around the web. I can only quote page 106 of Jim Carlton's book, Apple. One evening in about 1989, the secretary on the executive fourth floor of De Anza 7 got up from her desk to check on the status of her boss, Michael Spindler, who seemed to have disappeared into thin air after another marathon day at the office. She walked into his office and was startled by what she found. Spindler, a large and excitable manager, was hiding underneath his desk of bleached blonde wood against one wall. When he ignored her nervous question if he was all right, she called for help from another executive secretary who could not believe her eyes when she peered into the office through the window glass. I remember being kind of nervous and laughing, said the latter secretary who no longer works at Apple. He was crouched on all fours with his hands behind his head. They called for help from another person on the floor. The person, an unidentified executive, spoke softly to talk Spindler out. Spindler passed away in 2017 at the age of 75. Macworld, October 1993 Wise Guy by Guy Kawasaki Words of Wisdom Guy's Advice for the New Apple CEO Since John Scully's resignation as CEO of Apple Computer, Mike Spindler now runs Apple on a day-to-day -day basis. Just as when a new administration takes over in Washington, everybody's got two cents worth. Here's mine. Dear Mike, You did it. You outlasted the American, Steve Jobs, the Frenchman, Jean-Louis Gasset, and the Iceman, John Scully. Now there's good news, you get to run Apple, and there's bad news, you get to run Apple. If you think Bill Clinton had a tough first 100 days, you ain't seen nothing yet. Macintosh owners may not care if you hire people who haven't paid Social Security taxes, but there are a lot of things to fix at Apple. Here is where I would start. 1. Tell Wall Street to take a flying Farvernugan. Hold a press conference and say to Wall Street, I'm just a German immigrant. I don't really understand how Wall Street works, but I do know how to make our customers happy. We're going to do what's right for our customers. The share price will be in the toilet for a year, but it's already on the seat anyway. 2. Reduce the number of models of Macintosh so we know Michael Spindler did not read this column. There's nothing wrong with a lot of Macintosh models. 
except that your dealers can't explain which one to buy, and your factory can't build them. Otherwise, it's okay. 3. Spin Off Claris Bill Campbell and his merry band of Robin Hoods upset you and John with their talk of creating Windows software and lining their pockets with cash from initial public offerings, so you reined them in. But Claris is going to die inside Apple because a software company cannot survive inside a hardware company. At the end of the quarter, what are you going to ship? A Quadra or a copy of MacWrite Pro? Spin Claris out. Stop competing with your software developers. Get Claris an entrepreneurial management team instead of scully flunkies. Let it become the freewheeling, kick-butt software company that will prevent, or more likely delay, total domination by Microsoft. 4. Kill Macintosh software application projects inside Apple. I heard Apple is working on a PowerBook utilities package with MeToo functionality such as battery conservation. Was I dreaming? It's bad enough that Claris has a MeToo PowerBook utilities package, but now Apple is doing one too? Why? Is this a strategic area that Apple feels it must control to safeguard its market position in the 90s? My guess is that one day, when the executive staff was dozing, a product manager who didn't have anything to do this summer, or until sabbatical, proposed the utilities package. He or she justified it by saying, like Microsoft, we can get higher margins by doing software. The executive staff woke up just as the manager was saying higher margins and approved the project. There's probably one product manager, one area associate, three programmers, five testers, two writers, and three marketing consultants working on it. You'll get higher margins, but the total revenue of this package won't pay for the people assigned to it. If you've got product managers who want to do software, tell them to go work for Claris. Or even better, have them quit Apple and work for a real software company. 5. Burn the Deadwood Machiavellian as this may seem, you've got a 90-day window when you can do almost anything. So now's the time to get rid of the employees who have been doing little except cashing paychecks and complaining that Apple hasn't given them interesting jobs. Do yourself a favor. Identify the employees who have been at Apple for more than five years and who have held more than three positions in the last two years. These may be professional job hoppers who have no passion for their work. They're just killing time at Apple's expense. Wrongful termination suits will cost Apple millions of dollars, but this cost pales compared with the money wasted on special programs created to keep the deadwood busy and with the lowered morale of truly motivated employees. 6. Build a computer that will kill Macintosh. Do it to yourself before someone does it to you. Everything I hear about PowerPC, such as running Macintosh software three to four times faster, is terrific. This is what scares me. I don't want a better, faster Macintosh. I want a computer that will make me throw away my Macintoshes. Why constrict yourself to designing a computer that runs Macintosh software? 
Your competition wouldn't place this design constraint on itself. Build the best computer you can. Evangelize the hell out of it. Wait two years for great software. Kick Microsoft's butt and sue Microsoft the first time it copies you. 7. Make new employees read the Macintosh way. Trust me, I honestly, truly, and humbly believe that reading my book will enable new employees to understand what they're supposed to achieve at Apple. Heck, for the number of employees you're hiring these days, I'd give you copies. Do these things, and shave your head, and soon Gatorade will be running ads about you that say, I want to be like Mike.